Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Big Week in Gaming podcast. And what do you know? It's been a big, big week in gaming. I'm Intergolf for episode 54 on the 25th of July, 2021. As always, I'm joined by the official P3 nominated and approved Xbox Hall of Famer and number one challenger to the mantle of the greatest Xbox RPG player in the world, Sweeney. That's debatable. Maybe number two. Uh, yeah, number two challenger, I meant to say. And the game-loving, grind-hating, pretend-to-quit-coffee-drinking, gamer-anti-gamer and interrupter-in-chief, Mike. I did not interrupt, and I have given up coffee. I feel very zen-like today. <laughs> I feel like the, the listeners are going on a journey. So we've known you for like 25 years mm. of your yo-yoing, flip-flopping. <laughs> I'm going to give this up. I'm going to be a minimalist. I'm going to buy every single Dead Space thing available in the planet. <laughs> Speaking of which... Uh, and this week's show will be discussing the completely unexpected reveal of the Dead Space remake, Battlefield's 2042's crazy mashup mode, our biggest gaming pet peeves, and we do a mid-year check-in on our New Year gaming resolutions. Mike, do you know what the easiest thing to do is? Apparently, it is not making your mum jokes, <laughs> because it's all about the timing, and I don't always get it right. <laughs> <laughs> This is, we're going to ditch this segment because you just have no idea how to do this. <laughs> the easiest or thing to do, do Mike, is to search for Big Wig Pod on socials and join and add our account here. I like, it's great energy, Mike, from you. Like, you know, you just really lift everyone up. Um, no do you think next week we could get your mom to record that part and just play it on the show? See, I, I, I sometimes don't even I think you know you're you on a show <laughs> and you think about timing and then like pacing and how do you, you know... Get interest from the audience, but anyway, Swinney, save us. The low energy, the low energy is due to him not having his morning coffee. That's what it yes, is. that could be. The and case. he said that you know his quick coffee. That's I know. He, he ran out of coffee this morning. That's why it's quick coffee. And I think I have a bit of a, a cold or a sinus thing. I don't know what it is. Swinney, save us, save us. Talk about <gasps> talk about gaming. Talk about gaming. Yeah, I might just gaming. skip Mike for <gasps> the whole podcast. Actually, all right, gaming. Yeah. So what, you want me to do my week? My week yeah, what's your what's yeah, this you week? First. You've got a cool so, story. I want to hear the story about this eBay seller. Yes. So I'll get to that in a second. I'll just say in terms of stuff I've been playing, uh, it's pretty much just been mostly Greedfall. So I'm not going to talk too much about it, except that my trap trick worked. Did I talk about last week? <laughs> I said, I, I have did. a theory that I'm going to be able to lay like 50 traps on the spot in the game and be able to kill the last boss in one Brilliant. Hit. And it's pretty much confirmed it will work because I killed the boss in two lots of those traps. So oh, nice. I reckon with, and that was like 40 traps each. I reckon with 80 traps on the spot, I'll kill the last boss on the, hardest, on the hardest difficulty in one hit. So. And they say <laughs> games don't teach you anything. Exactly. They teach you how to exploit mechanics. Um, the other game I've been playing, which uh, I've wanted to spend a bit more time this week, but honestly, I've struggled to play it more than like an hour at a time is a game called empire of angels Four, which okay. is a strategy rpg that i picked up um the other week and this game when i looked it up i'm like this game looks super dodgy it kind of looks like a hentai game without the hentai kind of game that's your really, kind of game isn't it it's really bizarre i don't know it's it's made uh, i think it's made in taiwan and it's uh it's very 
I think it's even being sold on a hentai website, but it's not a hentai game. <laughs> Wait, really how have you bizarre. got this I game? I looked it up. It doesn't look that bad. So when I looked it up, I found that it was linking on bloody on all these places, but it's a legit game and it's Ooh. on Xbox. But Looks it's legit. like it doesn't. Mm. Anyway, I'll just say the gameplay is pretty much like Fire Emblem. So it's pretty straightforward, but I have okay. seen that it starts off. Oh, a little bit of shades of Fire Emblem fans there. Starting, no, but I, no, I'm saying it's. To give you an idea, yeah. um, it's pretty much along those lines, but it seems like it's introducing some more mechanics as I play. So, but that's <clears throat> that's pretty much all my week in gaming. But I did have a bit of an, a different experience, which is what you're alluding to. <sighs> yes, I'm interested eBay to hear about this. this week. I am very interested. I've been nagging him to tell us, but he wouldn't. So during the week, we were kind of talking offline about the fact that you know, some of my gaming collection, I said, hey, I don't actually have all these Assassin's Creed games in physical form. So I thought for Shame. some of the 360 games that I was missing, like Rogue and Revelations, I'll just I'll just find cheap copies. They're cheap on eBay for 360 and just, you know, have the physical version of complete the collection. Hmm. So I got those. And as I was looking, I started to look at the collector's editions of the different games and see what they're going for. <laughs> and I saw... Rabbit hole, man. I saw a sealed collector's edition for Assassin's Creed 3 oh. that was on auction, and it was like a, like 100 bucks. I'm like, you know what? I'll put, I'll put a bid on for that. Lo and behold, I won the auction, right? It pops up. You've won the auction. I go, okay, straight away, I just go, right, pay for it. Hmm. Then I get a, an automated message. The seller has cancelled the auction has cancelled the sale right and i'm like hmm they put the reason as item is lost or damaged i'm like that is a load of bloody shit this mm. person has seen that this hasn't gone for as much as mm. they want it to and has cancelled the sale but i've already paid for it so what i did is i kind of gave it a little i was like hmm, what do i do and the straight away i just go you know what i'm going to report this so i was, I was pissed off and like this bastard so go and report it. I put, you know, they give you a cancellation code and everything. And I said, you know, seller cancelled immediately. It's clear that they it didn't sell for the price. And then the bastard messages me. Hey, mate, this didn't sell for what I was wanting. Outright saying that in the message. Wow, you can't say it, that. <laughs> it didn't dumb. let me set a reserve. And But if you want, so I want it for like 110 bucks, all right? If you want, give me 165 for it and 15 for, <laughs> and 15 for postage and I'll send, I'll like, then we'll complete the sale. I was just flabbergasted. <laughs> like this person has just nothing to do that and just like hide it behind, oh, I don't have the item, which is a lot of shit anyway. Yeah. Then an outright and also in a message. Yeah, like, and BS that he can't set a reserve. Of, of course he can set the one. The fucking goal of this prick. Also, the, he's messaged through the, eBay, right? Not through yes, PayPal. Yeah, yes, okay. Through, P, uh, through eBay. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. I didn't reply to the, the cocksucker. Like, fuck him. I've, um, <laughs> assuming it's a he. That's when he's angry. Um, so I haven't got the response from uh, eBay yet. But I'd honestly, like, the money's not the thing because I think that gets automatically refunded. Anyway. Yeah, you'll get the money back. Yeah, that's it's fine. It's just like, what? I just, and just the whole rest of the night, like, I was messaging you guys. I'm so pissed off. The fact that someone <laughs> would do that. That it just didn't sell for look fair enough, didn't sell for what you want, but as you said, that's what the reserve thing is. And them saying they didn't put a reserve on it, well, bad luck if that's true, you know. Oh, Swinney's brutal. Yeah. eBay eBay life, man. Because I actually made a I actually got something else off eBay. I actually got when I was looking at the stuff, 
there's a whole bunch of Assassin's Creed books. I'm like, you know what? These look pretty cheap. And there yes. was an auction, and I got like all six of them for 20 bucks. Nice. Whoa. That's I was like, cheap. sweet. And that person didn't cancel after I won the auction. You got to, I reckon, you got to be really careful on eBay. I sell a lot of stuff on eBay, and I've sold things for auction, and I kind of was like, oh, I shouldn't have done it as an auction. That was a dumb move on my part. And then, yeah, I've sent things, and I'm like, I know it's worth more, but that's just the, the game oh, you dude. play, right? <laughs> Speaking of games and selling shit, I once sold some. Go, go ahead lady. and interrupt my story, Mike. I'll go ahead. interrupt your yeah, story because yeah. my okay. story is better than you're your doing story. well on the show so far. You know, not listening, not <laughs> like playing along with the bits. You know, go on, go on. So I once sold a lady in South Australia on eBay uh, a collection of oh, DS really? games. Was she hard to post? Ah, oh, don't worry, you missed it. All good. You said you was sold a lady from South Australia on eBay. Oh, was she hard to post? Sorry. I sold to a lady. Sorry, I didn't even He's hear only what listening I said. to himself. That's the only No, that's the thing. I didn't even hear what I said to be oh, able sorry. to get the joke. I, I got the wrong layout. Sorry, this is the new layout of the oh, show. Geez, sorry. No. Oh, oh, no, this oh. is the layout of the show now. It's just the mic okay, show. Great. Just interrupt any time. Right. Welcome, welcome, big wiggers to the mic show. All right, all right, let's talk some shit, because these guys can't stop me now. <laughs> okay, so also we're on an audio podcast, and this idiot, this fucking idiot, is like, okay, I want to talk. He interrupted me, didn't even fucking say his story, and then goes to drink some water. What a fucking numbnut. Anyway, so where was I? So I posted some DS games to this lady, <laughs> and it ended up costing me more in postage than what I won for the the actual sale so she ended up winning it for 18 dollars posted because i i didn't put extra postage i included it because i was an idiot yes correct. and the postage was 25 dollars or some shit like that because it was a whole bunch of stuff so it cost me more to post this bloody thing i lost money i literally paid someone to take these games off my hands but i didn't cancel the sale because you know you got to learn from your mistakes I was expecting more from that. Like, yeah, that's a shit could, story. Then she complained that, <laughs> no, that was was it. Too, the postage was too high or something. No, can, can, you, can we not have me as like... <laughs> no, no, the show's all about you. Just interrupting, you know. All right, well, I'm playing well along. Guys Where, what what I've been neon, playing this week. Where's the neon lights, Mike? Where's the neon lights? I know. It's also no, I wanted natural light. I need, zero I need my vitamin D. I need my D, man. My vitamin D I while mean, I'm recording a podcast inside. Well, uh, I you heard it here. Mike needs his D. Well, at least I get he loves the D his through the window. You know, you get some D coming through. He loves the D. <laughs> some D yeah. coming through. My girlfriend tried to give me some D the other day, but I refused to take it. Oh, <laughs> See, so, this is where you don't understand comedy. So comedy, if you're going to make a joke like that, comedy. it has to have multiple meanings. It can't just have one meaning. That's not a joke there. No, no. As in literally, she came, she, she bought some vitamin D from Chemist Warehouse and she wanted to give me some vitamin D. And I'm like, I don't need any vitamin D. I'm fine. Can you take vitamin thinking, D in tablet form? Yeah. You can take vitamin D in any form. You can I get bloody D suppository of vitamin D. I take D. vitamin D every day in tablet form. Okay. Yeah. And learn something new every day into gut. I, I just thought that it wasn't that effective. I thought the efficacy was pretty low on those tablet forms of vitamin it D. It is, but if, so, you just, if you just need to. Isn't it just like you go in the sun? Isn't that like a thousand times better than, so like, especially if you're white? I had a deficiency, and so, uh, and then I basically like let's say you get them, and they're like a thousand. The I had tablets that were like ten thousand each, right? But it, the thousand ones are good just to have a couple, just to kind of keep you, you know, like just I guess at a base level. level or something. Yeah. So okay. Oh, right, Mike, you you want to since you've interrupted both my story and Swinney's story, yes. 
Do you want to I will send one of these your, your mouse mats. Gaming? I will continue it after I say I will, I will send one of these mouse mats to our 10,000th listener. I mean, subscriber on YouTube. What do you mean 10,000th 10, listener? What does that mean? Subscriber on YouTube. They will get one of these amazing cat mouse mats. How do they verify that? I have no idea. I don't care. I'll figure it out when it happens. Well, you you might have to give it to like 50 people because they're all going to claim that they, they were the 10,000th. They'll have to fight over it. All oiled and lubed up. All right, Mike, what's your week in gaming? So, in my week in gaming, well, that's the thing. I'm stalling because I didn't really play much this week because uh, I've been really we're, we're stalling for what? Just with... say you didn't play much and move on. <laughs> stalling. Yes, what do you mean stalling? Slam with work. So, really, the only thing I did was <sighs> uh, was uh, Vigil, uh, The Longest Night, which I gave up on, uh, mostly because it just felt like after a while it was way too easy and there was just no point. And I think it's really, really made me realize that games like Dark Souls, the reasons why you really push through a game like that is the challenge and the adversity. Whereas with something like this, it becomes too easy and you're like, eh, what's the point now? I don't really care. The story's not that great. There isn't even really a proper story to it. Eh, whatever. So I kind of gave up on it. I think I got pretty far, but yeah. And then uh, I tried a little bit of Ring Fit, that thing that Intergod's been, been giving a crack. Really cool. It's good, right? Um, it's like a yeah, full-on workout. It is. It's a full on, full on workout. Yeah, yeah. it is really cool. So, uh, so I got to get back into it. Yeah, it was at the start of the week, and I haven't really touched it since. But I really want to get back into it. And I've been customizing keyboards. So, uh, <laughs> so wait, this viewers, is this is like this is like a very borderline gaming topic. Like, uh, I, this I is not even gaming. Counts as the editor of the show. I'll well, you allow. Can't, it. You can't see it, but this one has a really cute. It's for my girlfriend. Just wish you put really that much cute, effort like, into the branding and poor. helping us out with the show. Yeah, this only this is this is much easier. This, this is this is buy buying shit. shit yeah, you. buying exactly. It's basically just buying. <laughs> Consumerism yeah, from the minimalisms. Yeah, I know. I'm 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 a bloody fraud. So Ring Fit, like just to touch on it, I have tried Wii Fit and then Wii Fit on uh, the Wii U. So I think it was yeah. Wii Fit Plus. I think it was called or Wii Fit Wii U. I can't remember naming conventions for Nintendo. And Ring Fit is definitely like they're, they're not really like workouts. They're good for like stretching and stuff like that. But Ring Fit, if you actually crank it up, because I crank it up to the maximum settings. Mm. It is like full on intense if you go hard at it. Like I'll, I'll be sweating after playing it for like 30, 40 minutes. It is, it is. It's crazy. Whoa, 40 minutes. Damn. I don't think I played it for like 15 or something. <laughs> 15? <laughs> and I was wrecked. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to get yeah. back to try it because the problem I had was because uh, I can't use the running mode because of my foot issue. Mm. Um, is the, the their alternative the whole bending knee thing? Squats. Bloody knees. Just like, that's hard too, man. But it, it's no, but it's just like I just felt like my knee was like deteriorating as I was doing it. So I'm gonna go back and I'm actually gonna try the running thing, just see if I can manage it. Um, so. If you crank down the settings, like the running thing is not that intense. Squats. Well, it's just literally, I just literally cannot physically run. So it's like, can I do an approximation of a run by landing like a, on my heel? Oh, uh, okay. When I do it, you know, so that's a challenge. Um, it's just, yeah, it is a challenge. Because squats, Cause, squats are probably the if you only are going to do one exercise, it's probably the one exercise you should do because it's, you know, using the biggest muscle in your body, so it actually is anaerobic as well. But um, oh yeah, but like the constant just to oh no, no it's very intense yeah, levels. Yeah. It's like. Yeah. It feels like it's wrong. Oh, and if if also if you're bigger, the strain on your knees is insane. And if you haven't done it much, it's like 
It can actually blow out your knees really easily oh, yeah, doing you squats. Oh, screw yourself. I'll be careful with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in terms of my week, uh, yeah. I'm playing Mario 64 again, just because my son is obsessed about playing the very first star with King Bobom. So we were constantly jumping up to King Bobom, and I'm like <laughs> crawling around him, and I'm playing all these games. It's quite funny, actually. Uh, are um, you like, hey, it'd be cool. Like, it'd still be fun to play these other stars, you know? Like these other worlds, we don't. No, we do a world. little bit of that. I beat Bowser, one of the Bowser, you know, encounters. So, but he he kind of gets fixated on something, you know. That's kids, so, right? Has he? What about the slide hmm. in the the ice world, the snow world? Uh, I don't think he's seen that. There. No, he hasn't I seen he'd that. Love that. Maybe, maybe. He's it's like so crazy to watch someone like go from not being able to control anything, so like he can maneuver. Like and move the camera a little bit as well. It's kind of like kind of mind boggling. I, I feel like I give it a year and you'll be better than my wife at like two sticks, <laughs> which is just a, kind of insane to me. Uh, Skyward Sword, been playing a stack of that. I'm really loving it, man. Like, hopefully I'll get through it and uh, do a review. Like I am coming from a different spot because I never played the Wii version, uh, so I'm not really tainted by that debate, and I don't really care about it either. Mm. And then the last one, and this is not something that I have, like I don't, I, like I've put it in the notes, Death's Door. I'm just hearing so much hype about Death's Door. I'm like, oh man, I kind of want to pick this game up. And the reason why I put it in here is just on the stream, uh, the, uh, yeah, I was going to say stream deck, the Steam deck is that, man, like I'm kind of getting a bit hyped for this, for this little handheld. Um, it It's kind of reshaped what I'm thinking about it. It's like, Actually, this might be a really good way to play these indies. And there's just so many of them that are available earlier than Switch. And I think I've always had, like, had you know, like Hollow Knight. Oh, I'll get that on Switch, which I have. You know, Celeste. I'll get it on Switch, blah, 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 right? But um, I don't know. Just I look at the, the Steam Deck and I think... Can I just ask, why are we still focused full screen on Mike? Oh, because the show's all about Mike, you know? Just, like, he doesn't give a shit about, like... You know, playing into the gag or whatever. It's just about him. So just it's on him now. It's your it's your week in gaming and, and the idiot's here, on mute here, as well. Like- he's on mute and he's like talking. <laughs> he's a straight up moron. <laughs> no, it's just it's just him now. Like he's he is the show. It's all about him. Okay. It's okay. the big it's either the big week in Mike or the big Mike in gaming. Yeah, we've got to change the show. Big week in Mike. See big week in Mike sounds good. Which big D's in Mike this week? <laughs> all right. Well, yeah, that's it for me. This is going well so far. All right, let's get into the first uh, news story. Mike, over to you. All right, so EA has finally revealed the long-rumored latest entry in the Dead Space series uh, <laughs> franchise. And latest what? entry? What do you mean? The, well, it is the latest entry that's coming in. Unfortunately, though, it's not a new game. It is a remake of the original. And I say, unfortunately, in in not necessarily in a Look, uh, it's not a bad thing, I think. I think it's it's actually an amazing thing. So I am a very big fan of, of the franchise. So bought the original Dead Space when it came out. I think I've got the collector's editions of two. Three wasn't as, as great. Three went into the realm of being a little too action-y. Um, and for those who don't, um, I guess, have, have, a, have a huge background on Dead Space itself, um it's a survival horror game that was made back in 2008 um 
in the sci-fi genre. It was originally made by Visceral Games. Um, at the time, I believe they were called EA Redwood Shores. They've now gone through multiple different namings, and I don't even think they exist as a studio. It's now a different name. Um, no, but no, anyway, no. They've been, they've been, they're dead. They've been killed. They're dead, yes. That's so part now, of, like, yeah, anyway, go on. EA's uh, thing. Um Anyway, 13 years later, EA have announced a remake of, of the classic. Um, so like I said, there was, a, there was a Dead Space 2, which was also a good game. And there was a Dead Space 3, which was a, it was a good game. Um, I don't want to start doing a tier list or anything like that. It certainly didn't hit the same mark, I think, for people as the original. And I think a lot of people would agree to that. Uh, the original is a cult classic. It's, it's an amazing survival horror game for many, many, many reasons. Um, so for, for example, and I might as well talk about it because it it is, it is elements that are coming back um, to, to the new game. Um, it's got what I only found out recently is the name of this thing, and that's called a di- diegetic interface, a diegetic interface. Um, and that's basically an interface that doesn't have a HUD that kind of has elements added to the screen. The actual HUD... Um, so, so I'm talking about stuff like the health bar, the ammo counter, the map, um, objectives, etc., it's all part of the game itself. So um, in Dead Space, to those who are not familiar with it, your health bar is actually a little strip on Isaac, who's the protagonist of the story, on his back. And it's a third-person survival horror action game. Um, And and that's how you know your health. It's not something you get as, as a number on the screen or anything like that. The ammo count appears as a little uh, hot element on your actual gun. Um, and it's all little elements like that that I think add to the immersion. And I'll, I'll talk about some of the the improvements they're making to even something like that. Um, the the combat was absolutely satisfying. So it, it it introduced this idea that it wasn't just about headshots. At the time, it was you know hit the head for for the weak spot. Um, and this in this game was about cutting the limbs off and they they really pushed for that and a lot of the enemy designs incorporated that and it made the game really 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 cool in that sense um and speaking of enemies awesome variety um really cool level design fantastic sound design if you're into survival horrors this thing was was amazing was one of the absolute classics of survival horrors so about the new game um what you know what's changing what are they what are they introducing so First of all, it's going to be exclusively for new generation consoles. Um, So new gen is in Xbox Series S and X and PlayStation 5, as well as PC. So they're focusing exclusively on those, which means we we hopefully see the same level of, um, I guess, polish um, as as what we saw with uh, with something like Demon's Souls. That was just an absolutely phenomenal uh, remake of the original. Um, again, it's not a it's not a remaster; it's a remake um, in the sense that they're not just taking all the the general stuff um, and upraising the uh, the graphics or upraising the the textures, kind of like what they did in Mass Effect, I suppose, with a bunch of tweaks. They're actually rebuilding the entire thing from from ground up in Frostbite, um, which is what a lot of EA titles um, are currently being run on um so they said that they started with having sort of the the general design and the general layout of of the the original game uh but they've overhauled everything so they've overhauled the visuals they've overhauled the sound um the animations models pretty much everything they said they've overhauled uh because they want to stay true to the experience but they want to really make a proper next gen 
or current gen, new gen, whatever gen title you want to call it now. Um, but they did also say some a few interesting things. Like, for example, they took uh, elements from Dead Space 2, like the zero gravity parts, which were quite cool and quite iconic in that game, and try to integrate it into into the original as well when they're remaking it, which which could be quite interesting. Um, they're also, you know, talking about ray trace reflections and stuff like that, which is, I wouldn't say a given, but for a game like that, I think it could really benefit from it. Um, and 3D audio, which is something that I think is ex- perfect for a game like this. Um, I remember back in the day, were you going to say something, Swinney? I was just going to say, when you originally wrote these notes, it said ray trade, Reflection. Ray trade. I'm like, Reflect. I'm going to take a gamble that there's not, there isn't something known as ray no, it's trade. The, it's the next gen of ray tracing. Ray <laughs> and trading. I'm going to rename it to ray trace because I know you have a habit of saying exactly what. No, no, I, yeah, I, he's, I, like, he's like Ron Burgundy. I don't always. He I don't always he's like Ron exactly Burgundy. What it is. I he do is. not. Um, <laughs> so, so a couple. Well, I, I wrote the notes because I want to talk about the notes. So uh, you want okay, to talk so, about so, the notes? Okay. Well, you know, as in, as in like, there's there's a reason, there's a method to the madness of my notes. Um, so so in you know, improved graphics, improved immersion. I think what you'd get. I had the opportunity to play it in five point one originally. I think this game would benefit greatly from using headphones. I remember playing Alien Isolation, which survival horror as well, sci-fi as well. You can make a lot of uh, um, comparisons with it, of course much slower pace than that space was. Um, and I played that with headphones and oh my God, the immersion is just fantastic at one o'clock in the morning by yourself. I didn't realize uh, the original, so you talked about the engine and it's using yep. Frostbite. Um, so I just looked up, I'm like, what was the first Dead Space built on? It was actually built on the same game engine that Redwood had designed for the Godfather game. Oh, it was wow. just such a weird kind of mix to go from using wow. the same engine from the Godfather to Dead Space. But hey, it was obviously clearly a good engine at the time. What's that um that game series that talked about the art oh, the Ars Technica one? <clears throat> There's an episode in, on on that <laughs> the Ars Technica game design ones where they they have the different developers. Why did you say anything, Swinny? Why did you say anything? Hey. Why did you say anything? What? <laughs> oh, I'm interested. Is that not... I'm interested. I, so, I just I just kept hearing you say Ars Technica. <laughs> Ars Technica. So on the Ars, Ars Technica, <clears throat> excuse me. It's all about D and Ars. Um, that's right. That's that's the theme of this week. So they, they've got a really cool segment, which you guys should totally check out um, on the original game designer, I think it was, or the producer, I forget who, who it was exactly now, um, that worked on Dead Space. And he talks about some of the challenges of building the game and, and level design and stuff like that. So totally worth checking out. Glenn Schofield, right? I don't remember his name, unfortunately. I'm really bad with remembering people's names. Um so one one cool thing that I think they they talked about as well um, is that you should you'll be able to play it seamlessly from start to finish. So the original game had a few transitions, but like I, like I mentioned earlier, it's it had that diegetic interface that also added to elements like not needing to pause the game. So, for example, if you went to a terminal and or you wanted to check your map, it would kind of bring up this sort of holographic thing to look at. It wasn't, you know, an interface or a menu that, that took over the screen. And I think what, they're, what they said they're going through is that you'd literally be able to play the game from the very, very start of the game to the end of the game 
with no cutscenes, no tra- no transitions in that sense. It's just a seamless experience, um, and you know that takes advantage of the the new gen um, hardware as well to be able to do that. Um, so talked a bit about how they're they're looking at refining the story and making improvements uh, based on you know introducing things that came in later games to try to make the the game a bit more cohesive. They were very specific about no microtransactions, which I think is yeah. fantastic. Was it, um, it was number three that had the biggest issues with that, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, it was definitely number three. I think that's the reason why it never... It, it became too actiony, microtransactions, all sorts of stuff that people didn't really like as much as the original. The original was just a gem of a game. Um, and one thing that I found quite interesting as well is that um, they said they never really did this at EA before, that they took feedback from the community and they're actually actively <laughs> getting fans and reaching out to them, like really dedicated fans. Um, I guess I didn't make the cut that um, to get feedback and improvements on the game and, and have an open conversation about what works, what doesn't, etc. And I think that's a really cool process. Uh, so I'm, I'm, re- I'm personally really looking forward to this one. It's, it's an interesting choice to get out there straight away with the no microtransactions, given that EA Motive has previously worked on Battlefront 2. It's just mm. like, it's, it's kind of like, to me, it's almost like just, it's a reminder of the horrible state that game was in. I know they weren't, obviously they, they worked on that together with DICE and, and Criterion, but um, I don't think Star Wars Squadrons had any microtransactions from memory, I think. Unless they unless there's something that I'm not sure about, but uh, that's the only other game that EA Motive has worked on. So yeah, with Squadrons, they've also said they're not going to add any content, any DLC, anything to the yeah. game. Like they wanted to be really clear. It was like this is the game. The game's done. We're not adding to the game, and we're moving on. So I, I think if you park all the history of EA, EA are like one of the more reasonable studios around microtransaction these days. Like you know, yes, you got like the big games like FIFA Ultimate Team and stuff like that, but you know, for a lot of games, I think that people were feeling like we're seeping into single player games like Ubisoft, like yeah, where, that- you know, hey, I've got to pay to get experience faster, stuff like that. I don't think EA has been doing many things like that recently. That was kind of my reaction, Mike. Like mm. you can't you can't separate the FIFA ultimate team from the EA. Sorry. Like I just to say they're one of the more reasonable when they're the probably the one the worst, I think is is a bit rough. They're they're I know uh, what you're saying. Trying to outside, be better. Outside, yeah. outside of the sports games, I know what you're saying. Yeah, they're uh, trying to be better with that stuff, I think. But it's choice, right? It's choice. Like you 2K know? are terrible. Ubisoft are terrible. Like other companies are terrible with this stuff. But I just, to me, FIFA Ultimate Team is still just like, that is the king of um, like of loot box microtransaction style stuff to me still. Oh, I, I think mobile can, can't be defeated in that space, but... Oh, uh, sorry, I'm talking like kind of like... Console. I think we're doing a mic and digressing a little bit here, but... Yeah, look, oh, like, the, they, like the overarching point is 100% correct that EA has a bad history and a bad name now because of this. Mm-hmm. And it does seem like, like with Squadrons, they were so clear about, you know, there's there's nothing extra. We're not going to be charging things down the track, rah, rah, rah. Like, this is the game. If you buy it, it here it is. So, hmm. yeah, they're very hypersensitive to that kind of stuff. I, I was trying to look, see if I could just find it quickly then. But I, I saw still, that. You're looking I've for Dead Space, right? <laughs> I've still got the first Dead Space sealed from 360 Whoa. that I've never played. Hey, it could be uh, worth 1.5 million worth, soon. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go get it graded. Keep it. Um no, because the, the reason I never played it is because the same reason I don't play a lot of the Resident Evil games. I'm just I'm I'm a wimp. 
I'm, I, I just, I don't horror oh, and me don't. Not RPGs. Ho, no horror and, and me just don't mix. Like I, I enjoy watching like other people play that stuff, but I just don't like playing it myself because I'm just, I just get too tense. Wait, just, Swinney, just not the thing for me. If we get to ten thousand subs, and we should also shout out, we got to two fifty subs. That's pretty cool. Mm, yeah. Um, if we get to uh, ten thousand subs, would you play Resident Evil Seven in VR mode? No. I can't mind. Play ball. Play no. ball. No. No. That's weak. I'm not even gonna. No. I'm already giving out a free mouse, no. man. Come on, you gotta, you gotta help out here. No, I'll stick to my Kimco games, things. Okay, not in, VR, VR. not in VR, not in VR, not in VR. Then. <laughs> so, Intergod, Intergod, are you, are you interested in picking this up? Or playing yeah, yeah, this definitely. Thing? So, uh, I think I actually, uh, like, I should check. I think I own Dead Space, but I never played it. Uh, no, it doesn't look like I do. Um, yeah, I was always really keen to play it. It is uh, available on console, Game Pass. Is that correct? Uh, potentially as part of EA Play, I'm not sure. Let me. Yeah, I believe that you can play all of the games on Game Pass on console, but I don't have an Xbox One or a Xbox Series X, so I can't play it that way. But yeah, like, I it it looks like the kind of game I'd like because I See, do hmm. I do Seems like, like it is in Game Pass. Oh, yeah, that's cool. what I thought. All three of them, I believe. Um, I I love the design of the game, as you're saying, Mike. Just around. I actually listened to, I'm pretty sure it's Glenn Schofield. Correct me if I'm wrong, Swinney. The guy who's like the main guy behind Sounds it. Sounds familiar. Now is doing that um, Callisto, Callisto Protocol. That's right. Game. Yeah, yeah. That's and right. it is good as Glenn, yes. Yeah, so he, I, I was listening to an interview that he uh, had where he's talking about, you know, I just want to pull all that HUD shit away. And then they're all like trying to wrap their brain around. The main thing that they were worried about was like health. Or like some indicator of that or energy health or anything like that. And they're like, shit, how do we do this? And mm. then someone came up with that idea of having it on the spine, as you said, of Isaac. Brilliant. Is that right? Yeah. 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 And then whoever came up with that, they were just like, fuck, that was a genius thought. Like that's it just. Was, it's really cool, yeah. man. And it's the so iconic like that, that yeah. you know, because I don't think you called out the teaser trailer. I was waiting for you to say something about a teaser trailer and then I could play it as B-roll. Um, another criticism. <laughs> well, anyway, I should add all the criticism. I don't want to keep looking at myself. No, no. You're, the whole show is going to be you because it's all about you. Um, and like that, it's so iconic now that that was pretty much the whole teaser trailer was just Mm. like the iconic sort of power at the back and the whole cut off the limbs and stuff. So it's it's really cool. Yeah. You know, the thing for me is I just find it weird that, oh, Hey, look at this. Like we are in full widescreen. Don't worry about it. It's a full widescreen. So. (laughs) Oh, no, this you've is got, the you've got Change it to the three people. Nah. Come on. Yeah, I refuse. Please change some, it back to the three. Some, nah. <laughs> give us some privacy. Privacy? <laughs> you're, you're, you're like being broadcast. Um, yeah, I, like when the hell is this game coming out? That's the thing that kind of shocked me about they this whole thing. It mm. feels like this game is so far away. Mm. Like this could be 2024. Yeah. You reckon though? Why yeah. would they make an announcement this early? I just wonder you know some studios like nintendo are so good at keeping things under wrap you know mm. like they'll announce something and people will go wow did not know they were working on this at all and it's like coming out in three months mm. ea does not strike me as a studio like i mean we all knew about this you know what i mean and it's so early i just feel like they said fuck it like everyone kind of knows we're making this let's just put it out there and there's probably some people in the in the industry who are like, "Hey, I'd love to work on that," and it seems really freaking early. Like maybe I'll jump mm. across and start working on it. So, also they needed the a bit reason. of a tent pole for their EA Play event. So, yeah, yeah, it's like they they announced Grid Legends there. They had some other 
interesting stuff, but they didn't have, hey, here's a big new reveal that everyone yeah. would. And they, they had so many things they said they weren't going to talk about. Exactly. Like the new Mass Effect, Dragon Age, like all this kind of stuff. So, yeah, maybe you're right that they had to have something. I just, yeah, honestly, my gut feels like this is 2024. So, I don't that know, Swindy, right. when do you reckon? Mm. Sounds about right. Either that yeah. or like holiday 2024. Yeah, if you're pushing that it. But just with COVID, that's early. why I'm probably pushing it back mm. a bit further even. I reckon 2022. <laughs> yeah, I, I like to take that bet. That's not going to happen. No way. They, they show nothing, dude. We'll see. All right, what do you want to put on it? Oh, come on, let's move on. We've got to talk <laughs> about Holiday 2022. All right, let's talk about our next story. Battlefield 2042. So that was the other thing that uh, was revealed in the EA Play. What was it called? I've forgotten actually already. EA Play Live. That's what I thought. Which, and I thought we have some B-roll? Surely it couldn't be EA Play Live. It says right here in the notes. Well, uh, they couldn't call it EA Play because that's already been used in so many different ways. So. Yeah, that's true. That's true. B- so, yes. yeah, the new reveal, and it's called Portal. Where I didn't watch this live, and I saw this thing where it was like Battlefield 2042 Portal, like in Twitter or something. I was like, wow, have they, yeah, have they done some mashup with the game, the yeah. Valve game Portal? I was like, this is, this is insane. That is um, exactly what I thought too. <laughs> but it is actually really cool. And I'm coming from someone who hasn't played almost any of the Battlefield games, and you both have played them stacks. I'm actually super pumped about this. It's a... Like, what would you say? It's almost like Forge, right, Swinney, in terms of it's a it's a platform where you can, you know, play custom modes, bring in sort of other elements of the Battlefield games. So Battlefield 1942, Bad Company 2, Battlefield 3, stuff like that. At, at launch. At launch, yeah, yeah. And then you can, like, bring in those weapons or the maps and, like, do mashups. It, it, I, I don't know. I love this kind of shit. Like... We are fucking playing games. Just lean into the games. Lean into yeah. the fun. Lean into the ridiculousness. Like, don't fucking get too serious on, oh, you know, women weren't fighting in World War One or World War Two, so that's not right and la, la, la. Like, who gives a shit about that? Let's just have fun. Like, the knife and defibrillator fight was awesome. Well, I wasn't going to talk about it until we got up to it. But, <laughs> okay. Uh, well, yeah, well cool. no, they, they showed it in the trailer just before, so I'm like, worth mentioning. No, the big yeah. part is later. There's a whole, like section of it okay they, they showed yeah. a bit of it so there, there it is there it is yeah Go so all the all the maps vehicles and weapons that are taken from those three games are have reimagined visuals as well which i think is really really awesome um because if for them just to chuck like 360 or i guess you know you probably use the pc version but that era of battlefield in obviously just wouldn't gel right away and especially 1942 obviously um but it's really what I really love is that they're giving people the ability to use classic loadouts as well. So I'm most I spent the most time in Battlefield Three out of any of the Battlefield games. I love that game so much. Still kind of regret potentially not trying to push for that as part of our you know game some other year, but whatever. Yeah, you're really keen on it. Yeah, <laughs> but the classic loadouts from that game, the assault, the the support, like the recons, like those classes. Because they're changing that stuff in in 2042, and I, I didn't play enough of one and and Battlefield V or five or whatever to know how they handled all the loadouts there. But the fact you, that you can use classic loadouts as well is great because a lot of people will just be able to play like there's two Battlefield three maps. You got Caspian Border, which is the one that's shown on the screen at the moment, which is an awesome map. Then I, I can I never know how to say it, but I think it's N- Nashar Canals or something like that. Which Mike, I don't know if you remember, is the one mm-hmm. on the docks with the cargo um, boxes and everything. That's such a cool map as well on the rail system and stuff. 
So being able to play that stuff with the with the class uh, lawyers that I like is really really cool because it's almost like a next gen upgrade mm. just in a, a small splice. But mm. the fact that you can then mix that with the older stuff, like um, I, I can't remember the maps from 1942, but surely you got to have a Wake Island. Let me yeah, but yeah, like <laughs> being able to they didn't, use yeah. Battlefield Three vehicles in Wake Island would just be really really cool and stuff like that. So and a lot of people are pumped about Battlefield Bad Company too. That's a very well regarded game. Um, and yeah, this is really neat. I love the fact that you can also you can tweak a lot of the options. So this is where it starts to get into. I mean, a lot of games do this, but the fact that you can say, okay, we're going to disable aim down sights. You know, we're going to kind of you know start. You you can really kind of make it more hardcore in a way if mm. you want with like no health regen. Um, and they specifically called out in the article they put up that. No, you can't create a battle royale mode using using uh, Portal. Like, yes, just in case you you wonder. Um, but you can also use the AI fighter uh, players that we talked about to backfield to play against. So, really, really cool. And it's all built around also this really crazy looking logic editor that mm. that's just like I can't see a lot of people probably a lot of people get into that. But I think the people will probably just allow other members of the community to do that for them because what you can do is you can use that tool to build the rules and conditions and say, okay, what happens when a player kills another player? This is the kind of the offshoot consequences. But you can then share those experiences essentially just via the URL with someone else. So then they can load that up and potentially even modify it themselves. So really, really cool idea. I love I'm, a- I'm actually really hyped about this. Like, And I'm not, I'm not saying it's a direct parallel to Forge mode in Halo, but it's that style of... Here's a sandbox to do shit, do fun stuff, muck around. And like Swinney and I used to play Halo 3 a lot. And we spent a lot of time in Forge mode, actually. And I actually probably almost have some of the fondest memories of fucking around in Forge mode, setting shit up, just trying to break the game itself, break the maps, trying to do weird shit. And I I, I could imagine doing a lot of really cool stuff in this portal mode. It, it actually, yeah, I don't know. It, it's... I'm really hyped about this game. We mentioned it in the Minimike section last week, but just probably a good time mm. to reiterate that they like it was how I thought it would work out, where you you know the player base is pretty much split up into two. It's like PS5, Xbox Series, and PC all in sort of one pool, and then you've got Xbox One and PS4 in a separate pool, which is kind of weird that. PlayStation is not in the same pool as each other and Xbox is not in the same pool as each other. It's the next gen versus last gen. And then you also have an option to say, hey, if I don't want to play with PC players, you can select that off. So but by default, everyone's going to be together. So I think that's awesome as well because that means I can get this game on PC where that's definitely where I'd want to play it. And so when you would get it on um, Xbox Series X, I'm pretty 99% sure that you'd do it like that. <laughs> uh, and then Mike will just go wherever he wants because you never know. Can't really predict um, it. Because so he's just a slut. Just to correct something from before, so the assumption was wrong. So Wake Island isn't one of the six maps, which is surprising to me. Wow. But that's a, that's mm. a nice, easy win for them. So because this is a live service thing they're going to update over yeah, time. That's, yeah. So they'll be like, oh, now we're adding Wake Island. Everyone will be like, yay. We're listening to the community. The and then, by yeah. the way, they've had it in their plan for like the last eight months. Yeah, so they've got Battle of the Bulge and Al- Alamein. I'm honestly not familiar with Battlefield 1942 maps outside of Wake Island because that's all we ever played when we played that game. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, I, I think this game is going to be massive. I just get the sense, like, this is going to be, like, starting to rival Call of Duty level in terms of interest and excitement. Well, they, for yeah. it. They're, ma- they're making all I mean, the right decisions, I think, with this so far. 
Well, like yeah. look at someone like listen to the community. Well, like someone like myself, who's not like a Battlefield person, I actually, weirdly enough, own digitally almost all of them, and I've never really played many of them. But I don't know something you about you haven't bought, you haven't paid for any. Of no, them. of course not. <laughs> I have them. What's the... dude? What's the difference? I own them. What's the difference? <laughs> um, yeah, like so, I, I look at it and I go, ah, oh, just the way they're presenting everything, pulling it all together, the marketing, it just I don't know, it's just. I'm really hyped about it. I'm actually like super keen to play this. I hope we all jump on it. And a few of our other mates, people in the community hit us up in Australia, mostly because it's going to be too hard if you're overseas. Well, yeah, we'll be joining Australian service. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. We're more than happy to play with people. It'd be really cool. Cause uh, yeah, 128. So we need a lot of people in our community to fill out a squad. <laughs> Can you actually get a, a squad of 128? You reckon? Uh, of 64, I guess it would be. Uh, I mean, I don't, you can, I'm sure you could create. I'm really out of the loop in the recent games, but yeah. you could, you know, create clans and stuff. But okay. generally, I know Battlefield 3 and 4 was generally like squads. Teams of like four. Four, yeah. Okay. Okay. But that's, te- that's squads of four within the same faction side. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. All right, cool. No, really, really keen, really looking forward to it. All right, let's get into our next bit of news. And we finally know the date that we can order the play date now. So. I did text this like offline because I have a monitor on the developer site for Playdate to see whenever they change it because I really want to start looking at the SDK. And I noticed the change. So I was thinking, oh, I wonder if they're going to update the pre order listing. And they have. So for Australian time, it's going to be 30 July, which is what is that, a Wednesday, Swinney? Uh, Let me check. A Friday. Okay, so Friday, 3 a.m., 30 July, our time in Australia, Eastern Standard Time. And for the U.S., so in the West Coast, it's the 29th of July, 10 a.m., East Coast, 1 p.m., and then London would be like 6 p.m. on that day. And they have confirmed that it's 20,000 units that they're initially producing. They will mm. ship them out later this year. They will not, not They will not... Let me finish. They will not stop... The orders, so it's not like analog where it's you know they probably produced like twenty thousand as well, but then just said bang, we're like not taking any more orders. Uh, what they're doing is when they exhaust the first twenty thousand allocation, they're just using the numbers to determine how much they want to scale up or down the factory. That doesn't mean that you know if you do order it and you're not in the first twenty thousand orders, it probably will take like March, I reckon, twenty twenty two at the earliest to receive it, and maybe even longer to be honest when you think about. It how long it takes to produce these type of things with the chip shortage and everything. But um, no, I'm, I'm super keen on this and I'm actually like very committed now to like trying to make a game for this. Cause I just think the crank mechanic is so unique and it just can't really be replicated in any other way. Like in terms of the, just the dynamic nature of how quickly you can turn it back and forth and how precise you can do that. So yeah, I'm just really trying to think about, you know, what could you do that's that could only be played on this. Uh, the other thing they confirmed was that the dock is not going to be available at launch. And that kind of really sucks in Australia. So mm. you can order the playdate and you can order the cover for the playdate, but you can't order the dock. So for us, we're going to get pinged massively for shipping. And that means that if you order the dock later, it's just an, like another huge hit on the shipping. Won't be a bit bother for people in the States. But yeah, it certainly suck for people in Australia like us. Do we have an idea of what shipping might actually cost for this? I think, like, I'm just going in with the assumption it's going to be, like, analog. 
because they probably would use, they wouldn't have pr- preferred suppliers because they're not big, like, and they're doing mm. this all themselves. So it's probably going to cost you like 80 bucks Australian, I reckon, to ship it. It's friggin' yes. expensive device. Huge, so this is where I wanted yeah. to land. Like, where, what is everyone doing? Are we ordering this? Who's ordering mm. it? What are we doing? I mean, it sounds like you'll be able to pick one up in the future. So I'm, I'm probably going to do that. I'm not going to go and get one now. Um, just, yeah, the shipping thing, um, it's completely unrelated. But, you know, um, Pat, the NES punk, how um, he does those guides? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've got NES a few of them, actually. NES guides. I, like, looked the other day at finally trying to get them, and it's just like the shipping cost of Australia is just ridiculous. Mm. So it's like it's the same thing with this. It's just it's so rough. Like, I remember I got that custom Catan board. Oh, oh, sorry. I, I got to stop the press. I got to stop the press because this wasn't available before, but... Like I just double checked the site; they have mm-hmm. updated it. They do have shipping prices now to oh, Australia. Wow. How much? Eighteen forty-three US. That is that's insane. Good. If that's the cost, wow, that is very good. What they would be doing if this is true, they would be shipping from China directly. Yes, because this is not this is not because what Analog does is they take all their product back to the, to Seattle and do QA on it, all this other kind of shit. Uh, that's and then they why ship it out of ship Seattle. So yeah. for us, it's like a double whammy. We get like all the way mm. from China to Seattle and then Seattle to Sydney. Whereas they definitely, looking at the prices. Oh, with that price, absolutely. It's got to come from China. Because oh, it's actually oh, more oh. expensive to ship it to Europe than it is Australia. Mm. It's got to be from China. Oh, that's awesome, man. So it's like, yeah, it's only like $18.43 US. And they're saying it's general estimates, but I couldn't imagine it. it's going to be extra- astronomically different no, than that. So it'll be around that. I'm like that's 100% really ordering it next week. I'm going to wake up in the morning and order it. Okay. 3 a.m., which is nuts. Maybe send me a friend really reminder the night before. We could stream it. Impulse decision at the <laughs> We could stream stream a making pre-order. Stream a pre-order, yeah. Meta thing I've heard. I got to be careful cuz I could dox myself and then credit card and everything. It's probably like a very dangerous thing to do. So uh, I'm going to order it. Twinny, you're probably going to wait until you can get it from like EB Games if they ever sell it. No, just like I'm just not in a rush. Like I'm, I'm not going to sit there clicking refresh. Oh no, right, I missed out or some bullshit. Like analog's the one exception to that. Um, <laughs> like the it. thing is, you miss the most important news. What? Ah, yes. Yeah. yeah. What? Well, what is it? Into the what's, sheet, what's, what's the most important news? You got to read the run sheet. That I'm, I'm yellow. The exposure of my camera because of the sun and everything. <laughs> Can't adjust it. Related to that, but no. What? You so read it out. We're wanting you to read your <laughs> yeah. segment. You need to yeah. read it. The pre-order date for the highly anticipated play date handheld has been revealed. There you go. Done. Okay. And, and Mike is disappointed. Mike that the I'm pre- very disappointed. He's disappointed I'm not playing ball with like yes. the show. Jeez, wow. Mike so added. Just, uh, you just to let people know, yep, it's yep. still yellow and it still comes with a crack. Oh. Thank you, Mike. Just thought we'll clarify that. <laughs> Very good joke, boys. Uh, yeah, and Mike, so you're just going to de- de- determine if you're in a consumerist or yeah, minimalist much, mood yeah. on the day. I'll see why Bipolar <laughs> Mike will think on that day. I can order two. Uh, oh, that would save on shipping. Well, actually, would it save on super shipping? We don't know. Uh, marginally. You can, you can bring it down mm. with you when you come back. It's not worth it. <laughs> I'm really surprised how good that, that postage is, to be honest. Really it's am. shipping from China, right? And that's what I always get frustrated when I see these things getting sent from China to the US and then, you know, sent from the US to here where we're so close to China and we have 
a lot of, you know, transit between China. So cool. Hmm. All right, let's move on. Uh, so our final bit of news is this awesome Super Mario World widescreen 16 by 9 version, uh, which was like kind of releases the sort of final-ish version from uh, a ROM hacker extraordinaire, Vitor Valella. Is that right? Valella? <laughs> I should double-check this shit. Um, and, yeah, like so and, – and we should also – I just – I don't know. I don't want to labor this point, but, um, you know, obviously there's super sad news around uh, Nia recently. But, you know, another thing that, like, Nia's impact, you know, this only works because of Nia's work around – you know, the beastness. So that's the Super Nintendo emulator. And then being able to really pull apart all the hardware and, and emulate it, they're able to, you know, generate these type of things. So you can only play this in Nier's emulator beastness. And essentially, you know, it patches the game live and then also like some stuff that it's done in the past. So like, you know, to restructure it. And I, like I've played this and it's it's insane. It's like, you know, it's... It is like truly something that's been made by insane people like me who are like, oh, I don't like, because I don't usually play these games in a like one by one pixel perfect um, ratio. Like I try to play it like how the Super Nintendo looks. So sometimes you'll find games that like circles don't look like circles because they're playing it in one by one instead of pixel aspect ratio. And, you know, they, they have all these options for that stuff. And it's it's insane. Did did you guys get a chance to play it? Because I played it for like 10, 15 minutes and loved it. I have not, no. I did try it out. It's like it's obviously super impressive and super cool, but there's also that part where it's so successful in what it does that when you start playing it, you forget that it's any different. Like it just feels natural. Yeah. Um it feels like, oh, I'm playing Mario World. And I'm like, oh no, I'm playing a 16 by 9 version of Super Mario World that's never existed. Like (laughs) It's crazy. It's so good. Um, yeah, I've, I'm so pumped to potentially see this happen to, you know, more and more games because it's just, this is the way I'd love to replay these classics. And it it makes me, like, I know there's there's probably little money to be made in this, but it just makes me sad that you've got Nintendo that, like, this is the kind of thing I wish they would do. Mm. Like, Re-release the classics in these 16 by 9 modes. I know they did some of the 3DS, 3D stuff and things, and Sega did that as well. But, like, this is how I think a great way to re-experience these games. And look, you know, like, as the, you know, self-admitted Nintendo shill on the podcast, you know, I... Because I, the, the one example of they've done something like this that's very directly related to something like this is uh, Fire Emblem, the NES game that they... They actually released a English, not just an English version. So it's not just a translation. They actually modified the game live. So they had like, not not even really like save states. They could alter the game a little bit. So they actually put a bit of work into that. And it wasn't just a simple, you know, Japanese text being put into English, which by the way, isn't that simple to do anyway. Um, they actually put a bit of effort into that. And I, like, I'm actually fine if Nintendo were like, okay, here's the 16 by nine versions of these and you have to pay like five bucks or something to play them. Yeah. I'd buy that. Like, I know that, that, you know, yes, I'm a shill, whatever, come at me. I don't give a shit anyway. Um, But yeah, like I'd I'd be all for that. And I'm totally in agreement with you, Sabini, that like it's it's just such a shame because I would love to replay like things like Super Metroid in the 16 by nine fashion on the Switch OLED. Mm. 
you know, in a few months. Like, that just fucking look insane. It looks sick, man. And it's my favorite game of all time. And I feel like, like, playing this, Winnie, like, and this sounds like an outlandish thing that I'm going to say, maybe, but I feel like this is now the definitive way to play this game. I mean, it's a damn good way to play the game, so I don't disagree. Well, yeah, but, like, I just think, like, was I played through it and I'm like, this is just like, there's, it genuinely is like a 19 by, 16 by 9 version of it. It's not like, I don't know, I only played it for like 15 minutes. It didn't seem to glitch or have any weirdness about it at all. It was just like bloody perfect. I was like, wow, this is fucking insane. So, no, I'm just really hyped. I actually want to play it more um, just because it's like such a cool way to play it and just rediscover it. I'm sure that there are some elements of it that, you know, given that games were designed in that sort of, you know, eight by seven or four by three fashion that they won't translate as well. You know what I mean? Because maybe they'll give away a secret or something like that. But I mean, the Super Mario World does have some one screen kind of things. Like the first thing you see is a one screen. Um, so they've obviously had to take a little bit of liberty there. But, you know, they've got the sprite artwork anyway to fill out the gaps to end them, you know, you see the mountain going off the edge of the screen, so they finish off that, you know, yeah. what it would naturally look like. So they do have to take a little bit of liberties, but when you're talking about the levels themselves, like in the footage at the moment, I mean, that stuff is just all looks natural. It all looks how... It's almost like in your mind how you saw it as a kid, you know? <laughs> yeah, it really is. It's like... I, I, I'm going to be fascinated playing these games more in the 4x3 again, because I might look at it and go, oh, wow, this is, uh, is kind of weird. They've done the same with uh, Mario Kart, because Mario Kart... <laughs> is a lot easier just because, you know, if you think about the mode seven thing, because this is also kickstarted this whole thing. And I don't want, I'll, I'll close this tangent off really shortly, but essentially, you know, Mario Kart's mode seven. So it's like a 2d image that's just projected in a 3d plane. And because of that, it's really easy to make a widescreen because you, you know what you're already filling out. So they, that was the first game they really did that with. And then they were like, Oh, wait a second. It's projecting it, but it's doing it using the SNES hardware and that's like not because the way it interpolates and stuff like that, it's, it's more blocky than it needs to be. So the first thing that they did after that was they made an HD version. I don't know if you've ever played the HD version of um, Super Mario Kart in Beastness, Swinny. No. Yeah. And it looks insane. So it's like the image, but it's like perfect, like 2D, 3D projection. It looks, it looks really trippy almost. Um, so you should try that out next. That's also like almost a definitive way to play Mario Kart, Super Mario Kart as well. So I'd love to see F-Zero like this as well. Uh, I think they have that. I think they have that as well. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, it's cool. It's like a whole little scene that's happening around that. I could bang on about it all day, but like, I just wanted to really <laughs> make sure that we covered it. And uh, thanks to, I was going to cap the video myself, but you know, thanks to Tim Sweeney and the unreal uh, video channel on YouTube. <laughs> Very, uh, well done. Perfect capping, you know, 4K. It was, you know, 60 frames per second. Can't complain about that. And they didn't have any shit on their screen. I'm always a big fan of when people just go, we didn't make this game, so I'm not going to try to claim credit or, like, put a little fucking watermark or some shit like that on there. Anyway, so that covers us off for the news this week. And we'll get into our new favourite segment of the week. The, the Minute Mike, he's back in full screen as he always wants to be. I'll give you I a little. I don't want to be in full screen. I'll give you a little intro, and uh, the oh, whole idea throat. here is: this is all the extra bits of news that we don't really have much to comment about, but probably important to shout out. Mm-hmm. So we collate it in what we call the minute minute mic. Here's one minute to cover it all. If you don't 
finish it, you cannot. If the alarm goes off, you have to stop. You can't cover it. So yep. we'll go the into most it. Thing- anxiety-inducing part of my week. Oh, actually, you know what I realized? I I, <laughs> I built the layout to be like this. Sorry. Activision Blizzard are being sued over allegations of poor treatment of female employees. Netflix will begin with mobile games as part of its move to add gaming to its subscription service. Tencent has acquired Sumo Group for $1.27 billion US dollars. The Pro Evolution Soccer Series has been renamed to eFootball and will be free to play. Boo. Aussie Studio Tentalist Games are confirmed to have been behind Skyward Sword HD. Awesome. District 9 slash Elysium director Neil Blomkamp has joined <laughs> Godzilla Games' chief visionary officer. From a Nintendo of America president Reggie Phyllis Aim will be releasing a book about his career. Shut up. The Final Fantasy Pixel Remasters could come to other platforms if there is enough demand. Super Hot VR has patched out sequences of self-harm in a recent update. Blockbuster Gacha Games Genshin Impact, Genshin Impact has now uh, alloy from Sony's Horizon series. Doki Doki Literature Club Plus sales have topped 500,000 in its first two weeks. And lastly, Remedy's classic Max Payne 2 has celebrated its 20-year anniversary. <sighs> All right, how do you pronounce his name? I thought it was the first Max Payne that celebrated Sony, not Max Payne 2. No, the original, sorry. Did I? I, That's all good. Yeah, it should be. I think you panicked. (laughs) I probably panicked. You got down to two (laughs) seconds, viewers. Two seconds left. It's Fizame. Reggie Fizame. Fizame. Yeah. Yeah. How do you go from Phil's Amy to Fizame? I actually, I, I did some ah, bit- French names. I, don't I was going to say, I was going to say your actual name, but I don't want to dox you. But, you know, yeah. <laughs> I, I did something a bit naughty in the middle of Mike this week. So sorry, Mike. I did put blockbuster gacha game because it was a, I knew it would be a bit of a tongue twister. <laughs> <laughs> blockbuster gacha game. Blockbuster gacha game. That's awesome. I thought you were actually going to run out of time. I'm always excited. Well done, Mike. Well done. You did well. Thank you. I did That's think tight. you were going to run out of time. I was getting excited Ooh. there for a second. All right, let's get into our second favorite segment, the bargain bin for the week commencing Sunday, the 25th of July, 2021. As always, we start with Epic Games. Free games this week are Defense Grid, The Awakening, and Verdun, uh, World War One fighter, multiplayer fighter. Uh, as always, Swinney wants me to call out where there are good Amazon Prime gaming deals. <laughs> And this week is a good one. So Battlefield 1 is available for free this week as part of your Amazon Prime subscription. Uh, Just Google Amazon Prime Gaming and you'll find the link and get on there and uh, activate it. You do need to have an Origin account on your PC to activate it. And it runs out on the 4th of August. And they say Jeff doesn't give anything back to the community. (laughs) Nintendo Switch. So Nintendo Switch Online, Super Nintendo Editions, this quarter, month, whatever frequency they're doing it at the moment. feel like it. Yeah, exactly. And they're really, you know, getting from the top tier here. Uh, Claymates, uh, Jelly Boy, and uh, Chemco Game. Bomboozle, a.k.a. Kablooey. (laughs) I didn't know. You could write anything there, and I'm just going to say it. (laughs) So when they, yeah, when they announced Bomboozle, I'm like, I've never heard of that game. And then when I found out, it's also known as... Kablooey, like, oh yeah, uh, okay. yeah. These these games are it's a very rough edition. I don't know what they're doing here. I I don't even mind Claymates. I think it's a decent little game, but these are not. Now everyone's saying, oh, Chrono Trigger and all. Like, there's still games that are like these are like low tier. There's still games mid tier that they haven't added in. Now, not a, I know a lot of this stuff is difficult for licensing, but 
What are you doing, Nintendo? Like, come on. I just can't believe they're not adding Game Boy or something like that, you know? Like, yeah. It, it, they've exhausted all the good SNES games that they don't want to pay a shitload of money for. So, surely they start to go, here's Game Boy, and then trickle it out. Like, I, I kind of feel like they gave too many games up front too quickly, you know, because they launched with like 20 or 30 games each. And it was just like, it would have been better, in my view, they just launched with six games and then each month. They trickled out a game. I'd be fine with that, to be honest, but... I want Chrono Trigger. Yeah. I, I honestly think all of the, you know, the upcoming PlayStation Plus games, Game Pass games, are all shit this month. Like, it's a real shit month. In my view, I know Sweeney doesn't agree because it's an Xbox show. Well, uh, no, just getting no, back to we'll Switch. Get to it, we'll get to it. You'll get to it and you'll have your piece. Uh, digital highlights. Uh, Streets of Rage 4 is 2250. Uh, drawn... What the fuck is it? Drawn... Drawn... Okay, like Drawn Gun- Dungeon. Okay, Drawn Gen. Yeah, yeah the great name. Dungeons of Paper and Ink, $1.50. And Minesweeper Genius, $1.35. I'm shocked that it's called cool. Minesweeper. I thought that would have been trademarked by Microsoft. No, there's heaps of other games called Minesweeper. Really? They must have never trademarked it. The so one they... thing Microsoft never went after. Mm. Interesting. You want to go after the PlayStation highlights? Mikey. Yep. So digital highlights all until the 19th of August. We've got Assassin's Creed Triple Plaque, which includes Black Flag, Unity, and Syndicate for $23 for PS Plus owners. We got Dragon Ball's Fighters with a Z at the end for $14 at 86% off, which is a pretty good discount. And Shadow of Loot Box for $3.60. <laughs> I have no idea what that game is, I have to admit. All right, for Xbox, so they've actually got a summer sale on at the moment. Um, quite a few games. I picked up Kingdom Hearts, the first collection, because that left Game Pass, so I thought it's a good chance to pick up for half price. Uh, in terms of Game Pass Edition highlights, I actually think there's it's a pretty good list this month. The thing is, that it, there's no there's not a lot of big AAA games, which I think is kind of what you're probably thinking of into God. There's lots of smaller games mm. I think are really interesting. Like, they've actually added... So they've added Atomic Crops, which looks pretty neat um, on console PC. They've added two games that people actually really quite enjoy, quite fond of for from the original Xbox. So you've got Blinks, uh, the first Blinks game, and Crimson Skies, both pretty well-regarded games. Um, so they're only available on console Game Pass. Then the games that I'm most uh, looking forward to, So and then um, Chris Tales is a new release, straight into the Game Pass, um, cool-looking time-traveling uh RPG, very JRPG-ish, something I've been looking forward to for a while. Console PC, uh, they've added Raji, the H, uh, an ancient epic game I've been looking forward cool. to on console PC. Last Stop on console PC, which is a new game from the Virginia developers. And probably the biggest two headliner games are Microsoft Flight Simulator, for they've added that for console, uh, and The Ascent, which looks absolutely great uh, for console and PC as a kind of like a co-op, shooter potential rpg uh, i haven't watched Cyberpunk enough yeah i haven't watched enough just to kind of know exactly how the gameplay is but yeah i actually think it's a pretty strong list i think the, yeah. the initial reaction into got was i hadn't read what they were and you said oh they're having a games of gold month and i'm like that's a big statement this year to me i'm like I'm, i just didn't understand it so um but yeah, no, I know there's no, there's not a lot of big AAA games. Like the biggest AAA game here is Flight Simulator, and that's already on PC. Yeah. So I, look, all I'm just, I, I guess it's one thing that they've had a lot of awesome games previously, and then for me, I just don't have time to play games that are like seven out of ten, eight out of ten, whatever. 
so I guess why am I playing Skyward Sword? Um, but, <laughs> you know, like, you know, unless they're bangers, it's sort of a bit like, meh. Or like probably Chris Tales is probably the only one that I'm like, mm, okay, interesting. See, check I'm that. the complete opposite. I actually don't play big games on Game Pass, generally speaking, mm. with a couple of exceptions. I actually like these kind of... Also, a lot of these games are usually a bit shorter in, in experience yeah. as well. Mm. Not always the case, but... Uh, yeah. But there's also been uh, some low lights for removals. Leaving on 31st July, we've got It Lurks Below, The Tourist, and Undermine, leaving both console and PC game pass. And that's it. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, let's get into our first special feature, our gaming pet peeve. So what we are doing is we're talking about our top three things that grind our gears when playing games, while playing games, associated with playing games. So, as always, we don't check in beforehand because we do want to keep this dynamic and we don't know what each other is going to say. And we'll start adding to our list. So we'll do a top three. You And you want to probably just go through uh, one by one, yeah? Like in terms of Swinney, you go through your top three. Yeah, I'm cool with that. Yeah. So you want me to go first? Yeah, why don't you open up the batting? So what grinds my gears? So this first one is actually what gets So this is your third. Yeah. My third. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so cool. this is actually the one that made me think of this segment as because it's just something that I just noticed it's really annoyed me, but it's a little thing, but it's like it's a pet peeve, you know, that's that's the kind of thing. It's like it's not a huge thing, but it just annoys you for some bizarre reason. And that is games that keep playing music when you've when you're on the pause screen. Oh, so yeah, pause yeah, yeah. the game and it will keep playing music even if it's like lower volume of, yeah, of what the, yeah, it's normal playing. Yeah. I would pause the game, walk away, go do something. I'm like, oh, man, like I hear this music in the background. I, when I pause a game, I want to just, it just pauses. All yeah. the sound pauses. I don't have to mute it myself. And weirdly, it doesn't annoy me when you've got games you can't pause at all because it's kind of like, well, I can't pause it, so that's fine. It's more like games that I've paused. Exactly. It's games that I've paused and it keeps playing some form of music. Um, I think the the biggest little exception <laughs> Oops, to that, I'll take that away. is there are some games that have like really iconic music on the pause screen. I think I could be wrong, but I think Goldeneye, when you pause and it goes to the watch, I think that plays a little bit of a, its own music. There's a few exceptions where it's like bit, like fond memories with that stuff, mm, but yeah. in general, that's that's my number three. So, have you got you got your image, or should I uh, should I delay? No, no, I keep going. I I was I'm just trying to get uh, how I'm doing this <laughs> right because I just dragged that in and it took over the whole screen. I think if I do it like that, <laughs> okay. that's going to be Battletoads because Battletoads cool. is one of those games that does that and it's freaking annoying as hell. Yeah, <laughs> and so, it's really loud the music in that game. My second uh, pet peeve is games that have a manual save system, but they only give you a, a really small amount of save slots. Oh, okay. Now this, so let's say 10 or less. Now, there's a reason why this annoys me specifically because RPGs, especially long RPGs, and especially ones that are known to be glitchy, you have to kind of keep a running tab of saves. And there's also times when I will save stuff because I need to go back for it because I'm just like strategic saves. And in the older <laughs> days... I understood the reason for that, like your PlayStation era and especially SNES era and stuff, but let's say PlayStation 64 and all that because that stuff took up a lot of memory on the memory cards and the controller packs. 
this day and age, if I've got the space and it doesn't break the game by having like hundreds of save slots or unlimited or whatever, don't don't limit me. Like, man, mm. like let me use that. Um, it happens all the time with RPGs where there's like 10 or 15 save slots and then suddenly I'm overriding ones that I was wanting to keep and stuff like that. So again, it's not a huge thing. It's the fact that they just manually save it all in multiple slots. It's great, but Mm. it's a pet peeve. I I probably am being a little bit unfair with uh, my example here. I've put in Resident Evil's ribbon system, you know, like I don't even know if you're familiar with it. It's when you would be, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, because that is actually part of the mechanism of the game itself, but you know, it's the kind of that's thing more, that came yeah, to that's my head. More limiting. They're doing that on that, purpose, but different. I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, I get what you're yeah. saying. But um, I, that's what I thought about as well when I, when you mentioned it. So my number three, and this one is well, number one, right? Oh, sorry, yeah, number one. You're right. Counting down is, and this one kind of moves a little above a pet peeve to like an actual, a real annoyance for me. But whatever. Um, it's RPGs specifically, that don't allow you to sell items in bulk Mm. or buy items in bulk as well. But selling is the biggest thing. Um, And I kind of bundle this in with not having the ability to tag things as junk and auto-sell as well. But that's Mm. something I'm not expecting every game to have. But I'm expecting every game, if you've got an inventory system where you could potentially have 20 of an item, don't make me sit there selling these things individually, like stack this stuff and lay the sell in bulk. And most games are pretty good with this, but every now and then you come across a game and you're like, what the fuck, man? Like, why? Who tested this and said, this was a being enjoyable experience to freaking sit there selling things manually all the time? So I have that's... a feeling it doesn't get, because I keep wondering that too. I keep wondering how something like Cyberpunk that's gone through so much testing, so many iterations, doesn't get something like that right. And Cyberpunk I, they rushed it out. They rushed it out. Oh, you reckon? It's, no, but I thought, uh, I thought it's funny when it first launched. You couldn't like, you know, when you were pulling apart the weapons and all this other kind of stuff. It was none of it was automated. Not the version you played. Well, I don't know because I only can compare. No, my so the, it's the first one, Mike. Yeah, I'm correct, right? Like you had to go through individually to like sell each part and go in and out of the menu. It was like driving people absolutely insane. It was one of the first things they updated. Well, so, yeah, so, it, Cyberpunk's inventory. Still, Cyberpunk's inventory is just a whole pet peeve in itself. Like. Yeah. That game is just is a mess when it comes to its inventory. And I love the game, but its inventory is well, I speak, spoke for ages about it. But, but I've seen mm-hmm. that yeah, I've seen that in, in in a whole bunch of games that for some reason I think you don't ex- you don't expect them to have that issue because you expect them to have learned from previous games they've made or other things or have done some testing. And the only thing I can think of is no one really ends up playing the game like a real person plays the game, where they hoard a bunch of shit, where they collect everything that they see. And I think that's maybe why when they play test it, they don't they don't play test that because mm. they they don't have time to do that. So I don't know. It's interesting yeah. though. It's funny how it happens so so much. They're, they're my three gaming pet peeves. There were some others nice. I considered, but that's uh, that's my three. Cool. All right, let's go with you next, Mike. Cool. Okay, so I, I had a few, but I've narrowed it down to just three because I had to had just have top three. three. So num- What's your third? Top three. So my <laughs> number three. I'm going to bucket under under the term fluff. So I'm talking about <laughs> okay. stuff like adding fetch quests and side stuff that doesn't add much to the experience. It's just a cookie cutter thing that distracts from the main game. So someone who I, I think I have OCD, 
I've never gone to a doctor to to say it, but yeah, everyone I know has not, said that. Just not diagnose yourself. But let's yeah, not self-diagnose, but I think everyone that knows me thinks that. Um, you know, I, I hate things like giant walls of shitty side quests. You know, exactly. thinking about something like Skyrim, where where you can never really get through them. It's just added there for padding and fluff to make it look bigger um you know there's a game there's a bunch of games to this day like skyrim that i'm just talking about where <laughs> honestly i have no idea what the hell happens in the main story because there's just so much side fluff that i got involved with i don't think that's a necessary. good example of what you're saying to be honest no no no. well hang on because because i get it at the same time and i did make a note to myself that at the same time i get that when you're building such immersive worlds you can't have them empty. You can't have them just not have things in there for you to do. I get that part. But if you're going to pat it out, then I think you should do something like what The Witcher did with with its side quests. You know, it's quite infamous for having side quests that are more than just go fetch five of these flowers or whatever. They're actually interesting. And they add to the lore. They, they, they're multifaceted. They're they they take you from one thing to to the next there's sometimes a twist or something really funny they've done it right it's not fluff for the sake of just adding fluff and i think back to the point that you also made swinny and and i bucket this under the idea of fluff is inventory clutter where let's face it most rpgs you're very likely to hoard items whether you have ocd or not i think a lot of people just have this compulsion to want to collect things and hoard things and 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 have things in their in their inventory a lot of which you never end up using anyway um and not many games if any give you like simple rule systems where you know for example if something's junk market is junk automatically get rid of it automatically sell it at a vendor when you get to it a lot of games don't incorporate that and you're like why the fuck doesn't it do that that's so weird um or is you're really stretching this out to encompass a lot of things i know i agree yeah because because (laughs) to me all of this stuff comes 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 under the bucket of fluff where developers add content just to pad stuff out and to me that's that's the fluff and you know i I could think of many different examples and many different parts of this assassin's creed does that a lot with so much shit on the map where you're like does it fucking need to really be there just to to have something there so it doesn't look like it's an empty world or something Why, why do you have to do it so so that's my number three too much fluff uh just like my talking Number two, number two, I bucket. You made my joke for me. No worries. Uh, number two, I bucket under the idea of handholding. So, you know, I, I I find that some developers struggle to find the right balance between being too cryptic and giving way too much information to the player, way too many hints, way too much help, way too much handholding. Um, and, you know, as an example, quest markers, um, they tell you exactly where you need to go, like literally down to the last centimeter of the map where you should go. And I feel like it can actually not break, but if I take the the Witcher 3 as an example, there's a few parts where you have to use your Witcher senses to figure out where to go next and do a little bit of detective work. And I found that a lot of the times I'd just be looking at the map because the map tells you exactly where you need to go and where you need to to look for a thing as opposed to you actually figuring it out in the game world based on your surroundings or exploring or seeing a scratch on a door or, ooh, what's that suspicious-looking item on the ground? You know, things like that. Um, and I think I think games that, that do that well find a really good balance between that. Um, and it just... I actually kind of 
hate to some extent games that hold your hand way too much so it just I, ruins the immersion so i think there's some there's a really good example of a game that kind of actually speaks to both these first two there's actually assassin's creed valhalla mm-hmm. um so they actually trimmed a lot of the fluff out of that game and essentially like that the previous games had right now there's still a lot of stuff and quest uh, chest collector stuff but mm. they essentially trimmed all of the fluff and made like the side quests as these you know, talked about it before, but these kind of, you know, these specific kind of events and things that happen. But the hand-holding is something they started to introduce um, in the last few games where they, you can essentially set a difficulty level. And I, th- I like games that, I like this idea and I wish more games would do it, where difficulty level in terms of exploration. Okay. Yes. The easy mode is, hey, it's going to point out the marker for you. So it's going to hand, hold your hand. The next one is it's going to tell you the general area. And with like the hardest difficulty, it will based on the interactions of the quest of the people you've spoken to, it will tell you it's located at the mouth of this river or it's located where these two rivers connect. It gives you clues to then go, you have to go to the area. And once you kind of get in the general vicinity of the area, then it'll kind of be like, okay, well, that's where it is. And you can yeah. use your river. So I think that's, that's a, a really, really cool I cool wish more games concept. would do that. And I think uh, hand-holding is, yeah, 100%, I agree. The, the, the thing about about that the last one, what Assassin's Creed, Creed does, is I think it's it's an awesome concept. The only thing it needs to also do is reward you for that. So one of the things about the fluff is, is in games like, even The Witch is a perfect example, there's a lot of items that are not unique. It's just a replication of the previous thing that just has a slightly higher stat. And what... I would hate is for you to go on this awesome hunt to waste, you know, 30 minutes going, oh, it's behind this tree under the river that crosses with the blah. Look for the rock that's pointing south underneath this night sky at 2 a.m., blah, blah, blah. You know, this kind of, and you do all of that. And it's like, fuck, all right, it's it's like a pair of socks or something. Great. You know what I mean? Like if, if it has unique cool things that you get rewarded for well that's exactly what Valhalla does then it's no, perfect it's awesome because yeah, like i know skyrim so it'll give you there's like there's specific treasure hunt things that will do that where you have to map up and this has been in assessment games for a while mm. but you look at a treasure map you have to map it to the environment to find it and then it's a good piece of loot but then they give you good loot exactly yeah yeah, yeah but yeah. generally the thing i was talking about is actually main quest stuff so it's not so much a reward it's more like you've actually you're, you're progressing you know, the progression is the reward. So. Yeah, I gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Because Sky- Skyrim did the. I, I, found right, you know, Skyrim, I think we've made this just, point. Just a really think... quick one. Just a really quick one. Skyrim had had um, little uh, maps, treasure maps that you could find, but they were useless because there was nothing ever cool or unique in any of them. So you just gave up. You didn't give a shit about them anymore. And it was, it was a really cool part of the game in a, in a game like that. So, anyway, my number three pet peeve. It, sorry, well, my number one pet peeve is psychologists. So what I mean by that is is the fact that the industry hires professionals, well-paid professionals, to figure out how to get you hooked onto games that ruin your life in a lot of instances, make you forget about the real world, um, make it become your main obsession. Um, I'm talking about, you know, games like Destiny, um, where... It's very carefully crafted where they hire actual people to understand human dynamics and thought and and what gets people hooked on a particular thing. And then implementing those mechanics to basically keep you hooked on that one particular thing. 
as opposed to making a game because it's an awesome game. They want you to enjoy the experience. You know, you're free to go and wander off and play another game whenever you feel like, so to speak. This is the complete opposite. We've now reached an era where games are not necessarily always made for the fun of making the game. It's made... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, They're made to... Keep you hooked and Sorry, suck mate, your the time. Im- the image that I'm laughing because the image that got chose the psychologist is like some sad. <laughs> so for anyone so who's yeah, watching the why. actual uh, listening, sorry, the audio podcast, I'm just pulling together what I think are images that are representative of what we're all talking about. And South Park, I think, covered this whole thing insanely perfectly. I have not seen that episode. Oh, haven't you? Nope. They basically break apart mobile games and the loop that they have. And it's all about like getting the whales and like just fucking them over and just fucking them so hard and trying to get $10,000 out of them and stuff. It was with the Terrence and Philip mobile game. You'd love this episode. Okay, I will watch that episode, yeah. So that that's my number one absolute pet peeve. I think it's 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 the dark side of the video gaming industry where I don't even consider those things games at this point. It's not even like mobile. I put it as like dark side of mobile, but then it's like actually beyond dark that. Dark side of gaming. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to be more specific. All right, my three, and this is going to be really tricky because I'm trying to do two things at once. Um, so my number three is the way that the that games handle, and I haven't really given myself enough space here, the way that the games handle uh, abusive players online so I don't play that many multiplayer games, but probably the most out of the three of us, I guess. And like after a while, like stuff like Rocket League, I've just like turned off everything, like chat, voice, everything, because you just get like one dickhead who is just a prick. And like, like they'll literally jump on and say like, kill yourself and all this other kind of insane shit. And it just puts me in a bad mood, man. It's like, I don't need to jump on a game for like some idiot to try to take out my frustrations that they don't have sex with their wife or whatever, or they're a virgin and like, you know, they're coming at me I'm for really shit. Angry about this. <laughs> no, but like what I don't like is it's not them. Cause you always get idiots, right? It's mm. that the, like the, it's a, it's abuse systems, right? They're like crap in games. And it's like, I do think there is like always been a bro culture in gaming. And I've put in like 360 as the example, because <laughs> there is something really funny about those lobbies back in the day where you get like 12, 13 year olds in modern warfare too. And they're all like, ah, you know, with their high pitched voices trying to act like they're so tough, they'll bash you or something. And they're talking about your mum. Sounds like someone else I know. Um, and it's just like super immature, super lame, super uncreative. But like, honestly, like gaming should be frozen. inspired. Hey, he thought I was frozen. I wasn't frozen. No, I think he's pointing to you to say that you oh, like you're the unoriginal one. Signs from last time, Mike. Um, so yeah, what I was saying is that I, I think that gaming and like especially with online games, they should take some of the insights that they that you can get from stuff like Airbnb and Uber, where mm. the way you rate each other, your experience changes. Like, of course, I'm like a five star Uber passenger. So it actually, I don't know if you guys know this, but it actually affects what Ubers you can get, right? If you're low rating on Uber, you will only get low rating drivers. Like it actually like has that system. So you become an asshole, you hang out with assholes, right? 
And same way as some games do this, like, specifically, where it's, like, cheaters. They'll put all cheaters in the same game and cheating against each other, and they're all having a shit time, right? I think that, like, you know, they could take that insight and actually go, okay, if you're an asshole, you're not going to have a voice chat, like, ability. So you can't talk to the lobby. Like, we're just going to start limiting the feature set that you have. Or, like, for me, I would actually be happy if I said, I only want to play with players who are 4.2 and above or 4.3 and above, and I just don't want to play with guys who, like, you know, are assholes and just, like, absolutely dickheads, like, when they're playing games. I don't need that shit. I feel like I should have clarified my idea for this segment a little bit more, that these are pet peeves, because this sounds this is a bigger issue to me than a pet peeve. Wow, it's like, I don't <laughs> know. One of his... No, it's fine. I'm just like I'm. I'm thinking like minor, like these minor things that just <laughs> yeah. annoy me. Like, I hate like psychologists. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and using like some asshole. I don't like the porn screen. Doesn't work right. <laughs> All right. Well, this one's like uh, I guess it's pretty big as well. But you know, more of more like not as serious as abuse systems. But um, games that don't handle. And again, a lot of these are kind of like online. Games that don't handle players dropping out, dropping off, falling away and stuff like that, it drives me nuts. Rocket League is probably the best example of this, like how to do it right. Splatoon 2 is probably the example of how to do it the worst. And there's a lot of stuff that I love about Splatoon 2, but, you know, a lot of the systems are really bad. So, like, for instance, in Splatoon 2, if people drop out, they're just, they're gone. And you're playing 4v4, and there's been many instances where, like... Pretty much in that game, if you lose one player and you're fairly evenly matched, 4v3 is just next to impossible in that game. And then it becomes 4v2. And it, it to me, it's just like exactly like in Rocket League in the casual mode where you just backfill people with bots and, you know, you, you think about these things. And I just think too, like, there's too many games that assume you're not going to get people disconnecting and they handle it in just the absolute trash way. Like I've heard a lot of people talk about Mario Golf and again, you know, like I'm picking on Nintendo a bit, but they do have the worst online out of all the consoles and PC. With Mario Golf, the latest release, like if you get a few disconnects, it just blocks you from playing online. Like it just says what? you can't play online for six hours or something like that because your your connection's a bit dodgy. And it happens to people even when they believe it's not their connection. Like they have no issue with any other game. They've got LAN plugged in, all this other kind of stuff, and they still have issues, right? And I just feel like a lot of games, they build it, and it's almost like they're playing only on their perfect connections in the office or something. And they never like experience it in the real world with play testing. So yeah, I think like that's a, that's a real, you know, uh, pet peeve for me. I thought I saw Splatoon. I thought you were just going to talk specifically about Splatoon's matchmaking. <laughs> well, yeah, there's a lot of things, but that stuff doesn't bother me as much as just like, cause that happens in all, like, even if you fix the lobby system, it still has this issue where people drop off and yeah, like it becomes, like, you can't even quit it. It's like, oh, great, I'll play for the next five minutes and lose. Like, you kind of already lost from the start. And a lot of the times the disconnects happen right at the start as well. So, and then my number one is I I I am just, like, in a space where, you know, when I was a kid, you, most games you could pause, right? Like, so when you, there weren't that many games that you couldn't pause as a kid, right? Like playing SNES yeah. and Nintendo, right? So that was a very Maybe. common thing, right? Maybe some of the ones were like meant to be arcade ports or something, but generally speaking, you could pause every game. Yeah. And I don't know, I'm very different to you guys where like from a life perspective, just like sometimes I'll need to drop everything and just go do something really quickly, right? 
And I just freaking hate games where it's not structured in any way to be able to just go, okay, I'm just pausing this or just suspending it or just like even the even the like um what do they call it on PlayStation 5, Mike? It's quick resume. No, no not it's not called quick Xbox. resume. <laughs> I feel uh, like you just like look at it. Take you straight back in. Or? No, it's a uh, rest mode. Rest mode. Yeah, yeah, rest mode. To me, that just takes too. It's like too hard to get there so quickly. Like I just want to be able to press like, a, like a button, and then just go. Yeah, I want to put it in rest mode like straight away. Right. Yeah, yeah but the thing with that is that you can't just have it. You need a a, a check in place because people mm. will press that by accident. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm saying like, yeah, like a one, yeah, one thing to confirm or whatever. You used to be able to shut down your PlayStation 4 super easy. Now it's like to do any of those options, it's really, it's like a lot of steps involved just to do something simple. It's like one extra step and about a second worth of effort. Yeah, but that's too much. That's like, (laughs) because it's too much coordination to be able to do it. It's not like a reliable bang, 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 like a three button press. It's actually like you have to hold it to the right for a certain amount of time. And then, but but you're talking about, I like you, sorry, you say that and you've got an Xbox picture where that is that quick to do it on Xbox. Yeah. You should have a place to Also, you're talking about (laughs) pausing something because you can pause practically every single game. There's this very, I would say, it's an exception that you can't pause the game. And again, I'll no, I, be no. It's not just pause. That dead horse, it's, like it's suspend. I want to be able to suspend games, and this is why I think. But you couldn't suspend games back in those in in any other generation. It's only really no, the no, new I generation know, I know, where you no. can suspend games. So no, no. But uh, I was is be... your pet peeve about something that is just been introduced that isn't quite right yet, or what? So I haven't finished what I said. So like normally in a conversation, I'll say some stuff and then I'll actually elaborate what I'm actually saying. So why I brought up when we were kids is I'd have to pause it and then leave it, have dinner, come back. Right. And it was fucking nuts. It was stupid. Like, but it was a limitation. You couldn't do anything about it. It was just the way that the technology, they couldn't even really save properly back in the day. Like they'd have to give you codes to save. Right. So knowing that electrons need to keep doing their thing. To keep a state active. <laughs> I was about to say, does he have a way to like mute Mike now? I do have a way and I, I, I'm going to start implementing it. Um, so, fuck, I'm actually really annoyed. Um, so, like, these days, there's no reason why it should be like that, right? And this is one of the massive reasons why I like the Switch. That with the switch, you just press the power button. It's one button. It's super reliable. There's never any like accidental times I've ever pressed the power button to pause it. Um, and it just fits in with my life. It, like it just makes it so, so much easier. And it also means that all the developers have to make their games to support that as an idea, right? You can't mm-hmm. release a game on the switch without having the ability to suspend it like instantly. And I still think it's like one of the absolute things that differentiates the switch from everything else for me. And it's interesting with the Steam Deck that they actually have thought really deeply about that. They've recently spoken about it to IGN, just like that was one of the real huge areas I wanted to focus in on and just being able to snap pause a game and then bring it back up. It's not like obviously way harder on the PC where it's not built to be like that. Um, So they spent a lot of time to make that work. Cool. All right, let's move on to our final segment. Oh, I thought we were going to wrap it up. That's all right. Wrap, what, wrap up. What's uh, it's fine. Let's move on. Let's what are we wrapping up? 
Let's just talk. Uh, whatever. So it's fine. We'll talk about the post show. It's all good. No, no, no. Like, what are we talking about? No, no. Go back to the. We're go back to, to the our view. gaming resolutions. We're doing our gaming resolution checklist. I didn't know what else we were going to say about that. What else were we going to say? Okay. We're on the next segment. Of... We're on the next segment. Let's all right. Next, next segment. segment. Gaming resolution check in. So this time we're going to talk about uh, our resolutions and if we needed to update them or do anything with them. Maybe we, we will open up with you, Swinney. So you had. Complete 100% of achievements in the entire Assassin's Creed series, complete all single-player Final Fantasy games, and reach achievement completion total of 250 RPGs, an increase of 31 games. I don't... You're not going to change anything, are you? No, why would I change anything? (laughs) (laughs) These are my goals. I'm not going to change my goals mid-term. Um, Especially when I'm... I like the shade that you're, like, throwing (laughs) preemptively. So, uh, so my Assassin's Creed, uh, complete all achievements in Assassin's Creed. So that goal was complete, got incomplete again, made it complete again, and now it's incomplete again because the latest update for Valhalla added a title update that, uh, for, um, added the mode mastery mode. Um, and I'm working on that. And there's two achievements there that once I do that, I'll complete it. But then in August, when they launch the bloody next DLC, it will become incomplete again. So it's a work it's work in progress to keep that complete. Um, and yeah. that mastery mode is pretty tough. It's honestly the hardest thing to do, I think, in Valhalla. So um, it's, it's, it's given me a good challenge, I'll say that. Uh, my next goal is uh, complete all the single-player Final Fantasy games, the ones that I hadn't completed yet. There were four of them. So that's not started yet. I'd plan to start that in September. So that's kind of like... That's just always been... Well, it's, it's on track to not start yet, you know. Um, so that one, but the probably the biggest one to kind of, you know, just like talk about is the Reacher com- total of 250 completed RPGs on Xbox platforms, you know, game, uh, game score and everything. And so I'm at currently 243 out of mm. 250. So I've got, so that means I've completed 24 games uh, so far in these, I guess, first six, oh, seven months now. Um and I've got seven to go. Now, two of those games I've already completed this year, like Valhalla I just said, and also this other game that got a title update. So they're two that will get recompleted. Uh, one of those is Steven Universe. We went into length talking about uh, I have got one achievement left and I'm going to wait to see if they add another end game mode because I've got to reset my game to get it. Um, one of those is Greedfall that I'm nearly done with this week. So there's four games there out of the seven that pretty much will, you know, be be means I've essentially got three left. So of those three, I mean, Damn. there's a whole bunch of stuff. Um, you know, like Crystal's got released. I could go back to Monster Sanctuary. So I've I've got a lot of time. Um, I was planning on making one of them Final Fantasy Ten Two. That's part of my other goal, the Final Fantasy one. But I don't know if I'll complete all the achievements in that when I do the first playthrough, as in first run through, because I just, it's a lot of work that game. Um, so I may just complete the story and then go back to it afterwards. Um, but yeah, so pretty on track. Um, but it is annoying that I have to keep constantly going back to like recomplete some of these games. Mm. <laughs> Especially I had a goal marked off complete. Uh, it's incomplete. I, I kind of yeah. hope that on the 31st of December they release like a few <laughs> updates to a few of these games and then I can call out you didn't complete it. I'm sure you'll do some buffer. <laughs> I guess maybe oh, it's Assassin's Creed. Cool. If Assassin's Creed releases something on the 31st of December. Once I've completed all glorious. these RPGs and I'm happy with how I'm going the Final Fantasy games, you know, I'll, I'll 
I'll go back to completely operative anyway. So I'll probably end up being two fifty five or yeah at the end of the year anyway. So it's more that if they do anything with Assassin's Creed, if they add anything at the last yeah, second, that's the one. That's the one. That's gonna fuck you. <laughs> but honestly, the third goal's the one like always been the big one for me. So. Mm. How about you, Mike? So what did I have? Uh, my first one was to buy less games just because they're in special. So I think I've been achieving that, but I think I took it a little too much to the extreme where I literally bought nothing new uh, under the pretense that I can finally get through my backlog and it will help me deal with not buying games just because they're in special. So now I've, I've, I've given myself a bit of a budget based on your suggestion, Intergot, of about a hundred bucks a month, um, give or take. So if there's, you know, a game that comes out that I really want to play or something I want to review uh, for the potty or whatever the case may be, uh, I have the ability to do that. But I'm still sticking to the idea that I'm not going to buy games just because they're cheap and add them to my backlog. So I think I've been doing pretty well with that. I don't, I, I'm trying to remember in recent memory if there's anything in the last, you know, six odd months that I bought just because, oh, that's cheap. Um, I don't think I have. So pretty happy with that. Um, the other thing was to play less games in general. Uh, kind of. I mean, I feel like, yes, less than, say, last year. But I still feel like I play too many games, if that makes sense. Um, Not by the sounds of this week. Like it seems like this week was an oddity, though. Up with it a little bit, you know. Yeah, but this week's been an oddity in the sense that I haven't really had the time to play them, so I only really played one game, um, and not even that much on it. But I think generally speaking, you know, I do dabble in quite a bunch of different games still. So, um, yeah, it's been going okay. It's it's better than previous years. I think I've got it under control. You know what I mean? Because because to me, it's been a struggle. It's always been a, a struggle since my you know, probably very late teens where I found I couldn't find the balance with video games. I was spending way too much time on them and not enough time on stuff I really wanted to do, like my hobbies and learning new things and stuff like that. So I I feel like now it's a bit more of a balance, which is good. And the last one was to publish a game, which, eh. How's eh, that going? Eh, not too well. (laughs) No, yours is not publish a game. You're getting mixed up. No, mine was just, sorry, just, just to make a game. That's right. Sorry. Um, yeah, not 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 too well, to be honest. Yeah, I, I dabbled with Game Maker, gave that up. Game uh, oh, sorry, yeah, Game yeah, Builder yeah, Garage. Yeah. Well, Game Builder Garage. Yeah. Um, I still find for some reason when when I played around with Game Maker, I just enjoyed it more. And I don't know if that's because it felt like it had unlimited possibilities almost. Whereas with with the Game Builder, it's you could do a lot of different things, but you were still limited in what you could do. So you, you couldn't create your own models. You couldn't do a lot of different things like that. And I felt that that restriction kind of put me off it a little bit, but I think I'm probably just making excuses in the end. So I, I will probably revise um, Game Maker, which I bought when Intergod suggested it when it was on sale and, and try to get something out on that, even if it's just like some, I don't know, side-scrolling bloody spaceship shooting thing that seems doable <laughs> sounds like you're just talking about the tutorial that it comes with <laughs> something like that yeah uh would, as, that, would that meet the if he finishes the tutorial would that meet the criteria well his one is so like none of them are, <laughs> i don't want to go on about it but none of them are specific measurable actionable timely like they're all loose you know like at least yours when you are like very specific 
Like, yeah, you can easily tell if yeah. it's like green or red. With mics, it's like uh, it's all debatable. <laughs> um, for yeah, mine, I've already failed mine. Like the first one, play Ring Fit every day. I haven't because I got sick, and then like you know, I did get sick and I had to stop playing it. But you know, I'm not sick now and I'm not playing it. So I, I feel like I need to just revise this to a minimum of like. I need to complete the the story because there's actually a story in the game. It's kind of a wacky game in that way. And I might try to make it more reasonable, which is like play it every other day or something like that because every day becomes a huge grind. Yeah. Uh, complete the Dirty Dozen. I haven't played many of these games. I've started a bit of them. I do need to actually play a lot of them. I won't count them all out right now, but probably The Witcher is going to screw me over the most just because I feel like if I start playing that game, I'll probably get into it and then it is like a 100-hour game. So that would just consume like three months of my time. At least, at least two of these games are also games some other year. I was going to say, yeah. Games, so they are conveniently. Um, mm. And yeah, Mass Effect, I, you know, I'm still playing that. It looked like, like I've got a lot of them on the Switch, whatever I could get on the Switch. And then Resident Evil 4, I'm holding off now because I want to see if that comes out on the Oculus Quest this year. So I'll play it that way and then talk about it on the show because i thought that'd be a cool way to do it mm. so yeah i mean like that's that's definitely a hard amber trending red at the moment uh and then the last one to publish a game now this one's a tricky one because like i i've completed this in a dodgy way with the publishing of the game maker a game builder game that people have downloaded and played and commented on um but i do want to make a game for uh the play date so, and that, that one, like, I don't know how it's going to work though. The publishing part, would you consider it published if it's like a homebrew game that I've put out there? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think, so. Yeah. I think if it's, it's something online. that someone can install on their machine if they wanted to. Yeah. Um, I think that's much closer than Game Builder Garage, honestly. But even then, like, these are our own goals. You know, if we feel that we've met the criteria then like honestly it's a personal thing you know so i know we did the like the quarterly review last time and things like that but ultimately this was stuff that just we wanted to personally achieve you know yeah so if we yeah. feel happy with what we've done then hmm. just do you feel happy in TikTok? Is that yeah and, I, and I think the good thing about the play day is you know it's only black and white so you, you know you're so hard constrained and it's a 400 by 240 resolution so like everything about it is like super constrained but that's actually really good for me because it just means i can't spend shitload of time on graphics because it's like mm. there's only so much you can do with it and it's not I the do... no sorry i was gonna say i do think that jason statham idea could work but i was thinking you can't you can't use the word jason statham where you use the crank to keep him alive you got to call him like stason jatham yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like uh what was a phoenix Wright style <laughs> I actually think that's not a bad idea. So I've, I'll let people in on it. Like people can copy if they want. I don't care. Um, so there's a movie from 2006 that we all love called Crank. And the whole idea there is he's been poisoned. And the only way for the poison not to kill him is that he has to keep his adrenaline up. And keeping his adrenaline up, he like does crazy shit. He has sex with his girlfriend in public. He does all this other kind of crazy stuff. Just So he's pumped all the way through the movie. So I thought... Because, you know, you guys, helpfully, I asked, can you come up with an idea? You two are creative people. Come up with an idea of, like, you know, what kind of games I could use the crank. And then all you said was the movie Crank. So that was really helpful. <laughs> it's brilliant, though. It's perfect. But I did think, well done, <laughs> actually, like, the idea of 
uh, you have to continuously crank the crank to stay alive in the game. Like that's kind of a funny, weird concept. So I'm trying to play that out and see how that could actually work. And you could see like the, it's probably already been, ta- oh, I'm frozen. Yeah, you are. Oh, it took an hour to, to happen. But <laughs> I'll just say my last point was um, you could see like a little heart meter that's like, you know, gets smaller and smaller and smaller and then you got to crank it back up to, to come back. So. That's what I anyway. was thinking. Yeah, I was thinking mm. like you have to keep moving. So it's kind of like, you know, it's not like constant, but it, yeah, if you stop moving for a few seconds, you, you're going to die or whatever. So mm. you need to keep doing stuff. I don't know. I've got to think about how it would actually work. But yeah, but I don't know that, or I was just thinking something simple, which is like, you know, like having con- con- concentric circles or something and you have to like crank it around and then like press up or down to hit on the outside or the inside, like an arcade kind of game. Hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm playing around. I just want to make something where it's like genuinely you go, I couldn't play this as well as if I had the crank. Like the crank mm. is the optimal way to play it. So like for me, you know, like the Wii Play games and all that kind of stuff, Wii Play Resort, like they're the best ways to play those games. Like people who play it on a controller, it makes no sense, right? Like you have to play it with the Wiimote. So. Like Skyward Sword. <laughs> that's a bad implementation of that in my <laughs> view. Um, that's it for me. Was there anything else you guys wanted to cover on the no, gaming just, resolution check-in? I'll just say it's been fun like I, I really like this idea i like that it's something we can check in every quarter on and you know over time just talk about how we're working towards it as as you've kind of given me crap it doesn't really change anything about what i actually do in the past it's more just what i used to do anyway just like quantifiable in podcast form but it's been <laughs> fun i really really enjoy it hmm. if i gave notes to the three of us i'd say the notes for you would be try to get out of your comfort zone a little bit I say for Mike, be a bit more specific, and for me, be less review. ambitious. Be less ambitious. I always go too hard with things, but yeah, no, no. I think it's, it's actually been a lot of fun. Anything else you wanted to add, Mike? No. All right, cool. All right, well, let's wrap up the show. So that was the show for this week. Next week, hopefully, if I have time, I'll review the Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword HD. Nice. Kind of like. Maybe a third the way through the game, so I, I'm not sure how I go. I actually might take some time off of work this week, not to play the game. Just uh, I need a bit of a breather. Um, so yeah, maybe I'll use that as an excuse to play the game as well. Uh, but with that, bye bye. Adios. Yeah.